Isn't it funny how we all start off with a plan or conception of what our life and career will look like, but oftentimes we end up in a completely different place than we ever could have dreamed? Well, this is a podcast where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, and entrepreneurs to hear how they handled life's unexpected events. I'm your host, Andrew East. I'm an engineer turned professional athlete turned entrepreneur, and I'm super excited to bring you these stories to help inspire you to reach your dreams, no matter what they look like. On today's weekly redirect, uh, I have exciting news. Our family, our extended family has grown. Uh, My older brother, JD, who I consider to be one of my best friends, just had his second child, uh, little Sawyer, and now he has two boys, and then my other older brother, Guy, who I'm also very close with, now has two girls. And so I have four nieces and nephews. It's a blast. And that just happened on Thursday. And I couldn't be more excited to see them for this upcoming Thanksgiving week. Um, So today we sit down with Dr. David Tuhill. And Dave is a good friend of mine. Um, I haven't known him for too long, but we have spent a lot of time together in the time that we have known each other. And Dave transitioned from being a chiropractor into doing digital marketing. And Dave has actually helped me build that side hustle social uh, social media training course that I talked about last week and has been instrumental in that. And so I'm excited to hear him talk about and share with you uh, how he transitioned, first of all. And then he also has some really good insight on how to be an entrepreneur, how to work from home and establish daily habits to make sure that you're getting the most out of your day and, and out of your time. So I'll let Dave take the floor here and I hope you guys enjoy it. Dave and I have known each other actually not that long, but I feel like our relationship has been in sprint mode ever mm-hmm. since we met each other. When was it? February, maybe January? Yeah, I think February. It's February. Before First time I'm hanging out. Yeah, that's right. Well, because it was during right it was du- it was during March Madness, and Dave is the biggest Seton Hall fan you've ever met, even though he didn't go to Seton Hall. So, what's the story behind that? You know, I grew up I grew up in upstate New Jersey, and and uh, Seton Hall was a big te- really the only team in New Jersey, even though a lot of great basketball players come from New Jersey. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, a lot of my siblings went there. I was, I got, I got a scholarship to go there, but then I wanted to be further from home. So I ended up going, going elsewhere and moving down to Nashville. But, um, but yeah, I mean, die hard, die hard Seton Hall fan. So I love the, love the pirates. Wait, you got a scholarship for academics or yeah, just for like, good you looks? Know, just, just, well, both. <laughs> they do look at your picture. <laughs> no, I, no, I, uh, I, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up. I mentioned before, I grew up in a family of ten kids. There's a lot of, a lot of, lot of um, children in my family, and yeah, it's just right when I finished college or high school, I was applying to different schools. My parents wanted me to go to to Seton Hall, but I wanted to kind of get out of the, get out of the you know the tri-state area, and so I moved at, moved moved down south. So I went to MTSU and your your Blue Raiders, is that right? I'm Blue Raider. Yeah. You grew up in a family of ten kids. Yeah, man. Where do you fall on that line? Number nine, number nine out of ten. So, same parents, you know. If, you know, just ten kids. I got thirty-seven nieces and nephews. Huge family, but uh, no, it's it was, but it was it was it was a great ride all the way through. I think, you know, a lot of people ask me, did I get like kind of the did I have it, like enough attention? And you know, you're just kind of one of the many. But I think I learned so much in being one of ten pe- people in the house. And you know, imagine being in the same house as seven seven women. At the same time, I'm definitely picking up some, all femi- some feminine vibes from you. So yeah, I'm just saying. It- so you, know, you learn how to take care of the so six sisters, and seven the- seven sisters, two brothers. Oh my gosh, man! So so yeah, no, it's, it was uh, it was a wild ride. But yeah, we're all Seton Hall fans, so through and through. Wow. So 
do you feel like you learn anything from uh, from having so many siblings? Siblings? Yeah, it's funny, you know, and and we'll chat about this in a little bit. Kind of my career, how my career shifted. Um, but right now, one of the things that I do is I manage a lot of different moving parts, um, and I kind of organize different moving parts. And I think being the youngest, the youngest boy of ten kids, you're able to see so many different personalities and um, different careers kind of take off and go in different directions. So I was able to learn from everybody's wins and from their losses, you know, so by the time it was my turn, I'd already kind of seen, you know, you kind of learned through experience um, and then just trying to, you know, the, the other thing is just keeping the peace, you know, learning how to keep the peace and also know that no, you know, no arguments. I mean, if you grew up in a house with seven girls, there's one thing you do know, and that's that you're never right. <laughs> you know, like that was learned at like the age of four, you know, so, but no, it's, it was, uh, it was really, I mean, growing up in a, in a large family was awesome. Honestly, I have no complaints. My parents did a great job. Um, raising us, my dad, you know, coached us on on character and business um, from a young age, and kind of was very specific with spending time with us. So, um, yeah, it was a great, it was really, really awesome, and I think that definitely formed me into who I am today. Here's one thing so. I do know: so I'm I am the middle of five kids, Dave. I think yeah. you know that. Spoiled. But what I know is the two youngest in our family are the spoiled ones. So don't don't be pointing the finger when when you're the main culprit here. You know, that's a statistic that I wasn't a part of. <laughs> yeah. I turned 18, my dad said, pack your bags, and I was out the door, you yeah. know. So so Dave and I, was that just last week that we were on the lake? Yeah. Yep. I think oftentimes we kind of go a little bit too hard um, and working all the time. And so I'm, I think I'm the kind of the biggest advocate amongst our friend group of, hey, let's go have a good time. You know, like it's like I like to work, but like probably equally like to have a good time. So um Starting about three or four summers ago, actually, Doctor Axe, is a, who is a mutual friend of ours, and his 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 younger brother Jordan and I used to go on the lake quite a bit. So he just I used that at first. It was just kind of to get a distraction when I was in school and studying in school, and then uh, it just started to love it. Love being out on the lake and kind of it's kind of hard to think about anything else than wakeboarding when you're out there, you know, wakeboarding and being out in the lake. So it's a good good way to detach. I feel like one thing you take a lot of pride in though is saying that just because you're out in the lake doesn't mean you're not accomplishing anything. Like, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Well, yeah, you know, that's something that Josh taught me, uh, Josh Axe taught me, but is um is you know, oftentimes we kind of get caught up in being busy um and trying to trying to get tasks done, but uh but one of the things that Josh said, he said you should be spending, you know, 40 to 50% of your time networking and just talking about ideas with other people. The other 50% of the, you know, 50, 60% of the time I'm working and getting things done. Um, but I think spe- intentionally spending time with people that I know are going to grow me. And these are people, that, you know, you're the average of the people you spend time with, right? So, you know, if I'm looking to build a great relationship with somebody then I want, I don't, you know, I want to hang out with guys that have great relationships with their spouses or their significant others. If I want to great, create a big, great business, I want to spend more time with the people that, you know, I'm able that have great businesses, right? Um, and so, you know, Josh had taught me, he was like, just re- cont- constantly and be intentionally reaching out with people and just spending time with them. Cause right. Cause when you put, you know, that cr- crew that we had together in the boat this past week, I mean, the conversations were awesome, but everybody kind of, everybody's accelerating in those areas. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think I just learned to, you know, to, to intentionally, not just like, Oh, I'm just going to call this, you know, I'll get a hold, call you sometime next week. No, I've intentional stop times where whether it's on the lake i try to do the, the lake at least you know for a half day in the weekend and then during the week i have set you know times where I, there's there's different influencers or people that have influence in my life that i set time to meet with you, know, you being one of them meet with you know either 30 minutes or an hour just spending time knowing that the time is going to be quality time and you're going to 
sometimes the best ideas come when you're just kind of just shooting the shit on the lake. There it was, my first curse word. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it, man. Uh, okay, 40 to 50% of the time, you said, should be spent yeah. brainstorming with other people and networking. Do you feel like that applies to everybody? Even, like, we have a lot of friends who, I don't want to say are less fortunate, but a lot of people are still working jobs that they might not be passionate about that yep. consumes a lot of their time. Yeah. And 40, 40 or 50% of their time, do you feel like yeah, that so, applies to so everybody? This is, or? A, this is the, this is, this is good. It's a good conversation because if you actually look at a breakdown of your day and what people are spending time on, this is, that time is basically saying, hey, you're free time when you're hanging out with your friends, right? Whether it's, you know, you're going out to the bar. Some people go out to the bar on the weekend or, you know, whatever you do. But you actually, if you look at, if you kind of look at what you have 180 hours or 168 hours in a day, in a, in a, in a I week. I think it's 24 hours in a day, Dave. 100, so 168 hours in a week, is it? Uh, geez, 24 times 7 would be 140, 168. Yeah, yeah 168 yeah. hours. So if you're working for 40 hours of that and say you're sleeping for... You know, say you're getting eight hours of sleep a night, which most people don't. But then you get you sleep, you're you know, you're sleeping for another forty hours a week. So right there, you're at eighty. Like we haven't even reached half. So just with sleep and work, you haven't even used half your time. You know, and so what? Even if you're working forty hours a week, you know, then that means you just need to be spending twenty hours outside of work doing that type of networking. That's fifty percent. You know, right there. So, um, and so I think you know whether it's you're able to incorporate it within your work or just outside of work. You're like, what's re, re, what's like allowing you to push forward? Who are you meeting with? Like, what is, what's the time spent where you're talking with, you know, with people that are leading and guiding you forward? Or is it, you know, I've caught myself uh, when I was in school and, you know, in the, you know, in the past where, you know, I I'd, I'd kind of work head down all week, right? Head down all week. Right after work, I go to the gym or before. Afterwards, I have dinner. I watch some sports and I go to bed. And then on the weekend, I just go out with my friends. We, you know, get pretty lit at the bar, have a good time, you know, whatever it was. And then Monday it was a, another cycle, and what I, what did I miss? I missed out on, on any possible opportunity to actually move like forward, whether it's with my career, whether it's personally or spiritually or with my fitness, whatever it was. I was not able to move forward by connecting with others, um, and that's why I think that that spending that time is so important. If that makes sense, no, it does. Um, okay, but say. I mean, a lot of people are on that schedule where they work head down all week and then they go out on the weekend. And you're saying, you're saying that the time spent with your friends on the weekend getting lit does not count as networking. Yeah, yeah. So, time. what's, what's so the like, difference there? Think of the quality time. You know, when you're when you're talking about, you know, when you're, you know, on the in, on your weekends, you're going to have a good time. Again, I have no problem with, you know, we just had a nice whiskey tasting night the other night. It was great, and I have no problem with having, you know, having some libations and, you know, having a good time. I think it's. I think it's just with the. Honestly, I think it just comes down to with with the right people, and then what your intentions are with it. I think some people um, will kind of do some of those things to kind of escape. Um, but if you're looking to really grow in your like grow it from a, from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, like you have to actually invest time. Just like when you invest time in any sport, you know you you, you put your time into the gym to get better. If you want to get better in your personal life or in your spiritual life or in your business, you got to invest time that's outside of just just doing the work, you know, you got to spend time outside of that, um, to actually grow, you know? So I think that, you know, on the weekends, no, I, I think it's great. I mean, when we were out in the, on the lake, we had, I think we had a couple of beers. We didn't have a beer, beer bottle opener, but we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but we had no, mess. like, I have no problem with that. I just think it's the environment that you're in. You know, I don't like really going to, and this is just my preference, but I don't really like going to loud clubs. That's got, you know, 
bass rattling music all night long because I'm not going to have the conversations. If I'm having some drinks, I'd love to have you know the right people around to be able to have good conversation and talk about stuff. And honestly, some of the best ideas have had have come from those types of scenarios. And also, as we both know, PUBG playing PUBG and <laughs> and uh, and uh, Fortnite with the clan, you know, with, with great people, right. With good, with good people. We have, we come up with some great business ideas, just spending time with the right people. I think it is. So I, I feel like we're going to catch a lot of slack for that. I think the overwhelming consensus is that Fortnite is a better game and people that play PUBG are, are inferior. Well, you know, what? I, I, I disagree with that. I feel like PUBG, I am a master at. And when I, whenever I jump in a Fortnite game, I'm just getting <laughs> slayed right out the gate. But dude, yeah, I mean, I think PUBG. I mean, both of those are great games just because they have the ability to talk. You can talk with people and you can talk with friends on there. But it's a huge it's, plus. Uh, we call it Dave and I. That's our Bible study time. Yeah. We do it about Bible three study. hours every night. A lot, a lot of study going on in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's one big thing that I've learned from you uh, ever since we've met each other. Like, I was Sean and I have built this kind of digital consultancy. Digital. Uh, it's almost agency or yeah, yeah. brand yeah and just working head down on it all the time but working with you working with Josh this amazing community of people that we were on the boat with you realize that there is so much value in taking a step back and whether you're just having a conversation with a peer a conversation with a mentor or you're thinking or you're working like to to step back and ask okay what trajectory am i on Mm-hmm. What is my five-year plan? What is my one-year plan? Mm-hmm. What is my goal for this week? And breaking it down like that and actually thinking about, okay, what am I doing and where is this taking me? Mm-hmm. And it applies to conversation. It applies to business, wherever. Like to, yep. to be thoughtful about where you're going and how you're getting there is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's a lesson that you've learned? And Yeah, I think, you know, there's a, I think it's exactly It's like, you know, many people, you know, have 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 speed but lack direction. I think I murdered that, but it's... Essentially, there's the, the, the people have it's kind of this this hustle and this grind like that's like the theme of this. Everybody's like you got to grind, you got to hustle. I, I read a quote the other day like if, when it's hard, you just keep doing it, and then it's all that stuff is good. I'm not saying that hard work is not you know something to be frowned upon at all whatsoever. I just think too often we get too busy with things. Um, we lack direction. So like, hey, what's our end? You know, what is the end goal of this? You know, what's my ten year plan? Like really looking at. And I'm not saying you got to have some strategic drawn out, you know, you know, thesis plan that you have. I don't know. I'm just saying like visually, like close your eyes and think about like, what are, what do you want to achieve, you know, in the next five years or in the next 10 years? And Josh is, you know, we, he, we actually just emailed about this the other day, but you know, visualization, visualization is so important, especially when you get into the stuck. So often we, when we're stuck, we try to just kind of work our way out of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, Hey, take a step back. You're just running into a wall and there's an open corridor to your left. But you're so hard nosed trying to go into that wall because you think that's the direction. And so I think, you know, setting goals and then having perspective on where you are when, like in that process, knowing that, you know, sometimes putting my some of the biggest things I've learned, like I said, some of the biggest things some of my business biggest business deals were made on the lake, just shooting shit, you know? And but it's not even shooting I mean shooting the shit is asking for guidance or wisdom from other people that you know have you know have, have walked before you have other or experienced you know the same conflict um and that's something that that even just having a great strong community and friend group has helped me with is people sh- knowing and sharing my goals with my you know my close confidants and and, and ha- allowing them to speak in my life and then vice versa so you're able to kind of grow together 
um, and you're not constantly always making the same mistakes, you know? Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but I think, you know, um, setting, setting those goals are so important. And then also, you know, knowing, um, knowing what you're strong and what you're gifted at. So like knowing what you're best at. And then once you know that, so knowing what your gifting is, like what, what are you doing? What are the things that you're doing that when you're doing them, you're like, man, I'm flowing like us at Home Depot yesterday, you know, (laughs) but like, but like, uh, but like just like where you're flowing, you're making money, you're happy, you're successful, you're satisfied. You know, it's not like it's not work because everything's work, right? But it's easy. It's easy work because it's what you're best at knowing what that is. And then knowing what you're not good at is, is having that awareness is so important for this, you know, this, what we're talking about, because once you know what you're not good at, you need to find someone that's good at that. And that's why I always say that you and Sean are such a great group, right? Because you have a lot – you have very detail-oriented, very, hey, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to – and Sean has more of the vision side. For sure. More of the vision side, and she's able to see it all. And so you guys just are a really good bunch. One of the things that I, I'm good at is I can see the full picture, right? I, I, I am uh, – we didn't talk about this, but I, I, I architect brands and I – Basically, brands that have a huge following or have a lot of influence, but they don't aren't able to productize on it. I look at the huge picture and say, "Hey, what is this person? This is what I'm working on with you guys. What are you guys best in the world at? What are you guys not so good at? So, like working maybe in Infusionsoft or or in site, you know, website design. Oh, you're you're not as good at that. So instead of you trying to learn that, finding other people that you can join together with that already know that side of things. So I think you know the the lesson to be learned there is. Sometimes we're so head down because we're constantly trying to learn new things that aren't going to make us money, aren't going to make us happy, and are kind of just like that grind stuff. You can only grind for so long. You know, after a while, you, that, 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 you're, that grind's going to turn into burnout if you don't start to create kind of that structure um, and knowing what you're best at, knowing that you're going to need help. You know, you need help with other from other people. You know, to 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 move forward, right? Everybody's trying to do everything by themselves, be the master of everything. Yeah. You need help. So, yeah. I want to get to what you do in just a second, but yeah. finding out what you're good at and finding out what you're bad at yeah. is a difficult thing to do. A lot of people talk about Myers-Briggs. There's some yeah. really heavy endorsers. Caleb, one of our good friends, super, super big endorser of yep. the Myers-Briggs. You talk about the ancient elements. Some. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that these people out here can figure out what they're good. What are some ways that I can figure out what I'm good at? I mean, it's something that I can, I continue to struggle with. Yeah. And I think, um, I mentioned that just a, a minute ago, but I think write you know, writing down what things that you, that get, keep you in flow. Like what are the things and, and don't, it doesn't have to be, you, it could be anything you could say, you know, surfing, wakeboarding, whatever, but just make a list of maybe 15 to 20 things that you, when you do them, it's like, you're, you're in flow. Does that make sense? So like your things that when you're doing them, you're feeling satisfied and you feel like you're being successful when those things are done, you know, what are those things and look at, and then what are the things that take away from your flow, right? What are the things that you, when you're doing, it could be taxes, right? Write it down though. It could be your taxes. It could be, you know, working at the gym or maybe it could be, you know, staying organized. Maybe it's, Hey, I like to start a lot of things. That's for a lot of us like to start a lot of things, but like the maintenance of programs that I build or, or of things that I start, I don't like to maintain them. Great. Like, so right, make that list um, and then really just start doing more of things that keep you in flow because people talk about passion and having purpose and passion. I believe that purpose and passion happens from doing things time over time. I think Mark Cuban mentioned that as well. 
but passion that comes when you do something for a while you start to love it when you start to love it you start to put even more and more you know passion and research and you're watching videos you know we're we're, we're I'm learning how to swim you know and so I hated swimming so I had to start to you know enjoy swimming so now I'm starting to enjoy it as you start to enjoy it then you the, where you build a passion when you're constantly just watching videos and watching and trying to get better and trying to get better it's just from doing something over time so my my thing is if you're if you're kind of stuck and trying to find out what you want to do number one you're not alone right, um, right. we're always we're always in that place we're always you know, get, getting and moving, you know, evolving and moving towards more towards the where you know where our our purpose, or our gifting is. But I think finding the things that make you flow, the things that make you don't flow, trying to start doing more of the things that make you flow, which you know satisfy you, that make you money, that you're good at. You're like, oh, I'm doing something. I'm doing this one thing, and it's really I'm finding that I'm really really good at this more than these seven other things that I'm doing. Start doing more of that. Um, and the last thing I'll say is. Um, be open about moving into different fields. Um, I have a friend, uh, a, a friend of mine that is a manager at a Porsche dealership. Great manager. Um, she was hired on to be um, a sales associate. It it kind of evolved into a manager role, and she thought she was great at sales. But as she did managing it, she loved managing all the different details, which for me would be an absolute like I would never want. To, that's not my gifting. That would totally take me out of my flow. But she. Found out she managing like managing everything, and so she's got a you know she's got a decent job. But she doesn't love you know where she's working at, but she knows. Hey, I'm really gifted at being a manager. I said, hey, great. You need to show some of these things and, and apply for other jobs, but highlight the fact that you're very you have great attention to detail. You're very very organized. You're able to manage this thing. Show off some of your strengths and you know some of the strengths and the wins that you've had. Um, and then, but don't be afraid to move into another field. So I know you're in car sales right now, but maybe. You maybe moving into the health space might be helpful for you if you have more of a passion for that. Um, but I think just setting your goals, but then having your you know having your knowing what your what your flow is, what's going to keep you in your flow, yeah. and doing more of that will lead to that eventually. And you're you're never there, right? We're never we never arrived. We're always okay. Now I'm at this place. It's kind of a turning point. You get a new perspective on life as you kind of ascend the mountain, right? And so as you get a new perspective, that's when you maybe it's a change of position, maybe it's a change of what you're doing. Um, but having an awareness of that, I think is very important. Yeah. You were just talking about career mobility a little bit ago and yep. you've had a little bit of that as yeah. well. Uh, we have, we talked to a lot of influencers on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and you work with influencers kind of hand in hand, but that's not where your career started. Can you give mm-hmm. us some background on, on where you've been and where you are now career wise? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's a great question, Andrew. Um, <laughs> no, so yeah, so I, like I said before, I grew up in upstate New Jersey, just outside of Manhattan, to a family of ten kids. Um, always had a passion for like health, especially in high school. Had a, more of a passion for health and taking care of my health, and um, started going to a chiropractor actually to help with a hip hip injury I had I had had, um, and I just had a great experience with that. And so I um, I started school as a um, in sports and exercise science. And then moved into pre-med, was thinking about medical school, but then decided that I was looking for more of a holistic approach on health. Yeah, and so then I, I went to chiropractic school. So for those of you who don't know, it's it, you do a four-year undergrad and then um, a four-year grad school for chiropractic. Um, so I did that. And really when I started, right before I started, actually when I was an undergrad, I DJed an undergrad. And that kind of got me into, like, I started to learn, man, I can make money doing a lot. I have other talents. Like, I can make money doing other things. What, what was your DJ name? DJ Jersey Boy. Wow. Wow. There you go. Downtown Nashville, (laughs) baby. Second Avenue. Um, And then, uh, 
Yeah, so then I um, you, you oh where were we? You where found we? out that you could make money doing other yeah things. doing other things. So so I started doing so this was back like when Facebook was just starting like Facebook ads were starting to become a thing and uh, social media was starting to become a thing and so I started doing social media for just doctors in private practice. So I did like Facebook ads to drive you know people into doctors' offices and. Um, was doing, you know, designing different, you know, uh, if you will, sales decks and ke- sales keynotes, um, just kind of just doing odds and ends. Cause I just, you know, it's, it's nice to make money on the side when you're in school, you know, constantly. Um, and that really evolved so that the, you know, by the time I had finished grad school, I was doing, you know, much better, you know, better than I would do even as a doctor as, as a, a, in practice. Um, and then I, 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 but I did, I still, I went into practice. I was in practice for two years. It was great. I love working with patients. I still, I mean, I work with, work on you and Sean and a few other people, um, and do chiropractic care for them. Um, but my main job right now, as, as I learned kind of doing all the different pieces of social media and Facebook ads and brand, uh, scripting and, you know, overall brand strategy, I slowly evolved into, um, doing, being a brand strategist, um, and which is what I do now. Um, and basically I take, you know, I take, um, my main job is brand design for influencers. So people that have large followings, um, or large email lists, what I do is I, I basically product and, uh, productize and monetize in that following, um, you know, knowing that people, you know, what, what social, what I found was social following and people that like you're following, someone gives you your email, all that is they're giving, passing trust to you saying, Hey, I trust you. Um, and so my, you know, my, my, uh, business is basically monetizing on that trust that you've built, which is an ex- which is expected from the client, like the, from the person that's following you, they want to buy stuff from you, you know? Um, and so that's kind of, I design or architect the, um, the, the, the sales strategy, the brand strategy, whether it's building courses or building products for, for the influencer brands. So, yeah, I mean, definitely bounced around. I think, um, the biggest thing I learned from that whole process, and I'm st- probably my biggest lesson that I can still cont- continue to learn, is the idea of having perspective. Right. So, when I first, you know, graduated high school, and you could probably, if you're listening to this, maybe think about when you first graduated high school, the perspective you had on life was just very unique. We probably, maybe you don't even want to go back there, right? Yeah. But like the way you thought about things, whether it was girls, whether it was business, whether whatever, you were like, man, if I can make 15 bucks an hour out of high school, like I'm doing good, you know, like or 20 bucks an hour, right? And so having that perspective and then going through undergrad, think about the different perspective you had on life and how you approach situations from senior in high school to now senior in college, completely different perspective on how you approach things. And then I went, I had gone through grad school for four years being you know, rigorous grad school for four years. Think then now I had a new perspective on life and I think, um, and then I did that and then I was in practice and before I started practice, I was like, Oh, I want to adjust people all day long. After adjusting people all day long, you, uh, you, achieve, you get a new perspective of, Oh, maybe I don't want to do that. I've learned that I have now with this new perspective, I, I want to do this. Right. So I think so often that we think that this kind of, if, if, if life is a, is, you know, is, is there's a peak and we're, we're kind of climbing the mountain to the top, if you're at the base of like, say Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Everest, and you're, there's a stairs going straight to the top. If you're at the base, can you see the top of the stairs? No, no. Cause your perspective only gives you from where you're at right now, which is at the base. But then once you climb up, maybe you climb up for a mile, all of a sudden there's a platform and the, and the stairs goes into a new direction, which you had never known. You couldn't have ever pre- prepared for that because yeah. you never saw it, right? You didn't have that perspective. So I think it's, it's never ending, that kind of self-awareness and knowing where you're at and where you're going. 
Um, but just again, direction is more like, I think when we started this directions is so much more important than speed or moving fast. It's about having good direction. And then also learning from, you know, learning from, um, you know, your, the wins and the losses, you know, when you're, I always, I, I, I kind of made this, it's a terrible analogy, but I still somehow still say it. But you know, when you're, when you're playing like Mario Kart, I learned this from uh, Ray Dalio's book principles by Ray Dalio. Um, but when you're playing like a Mario world, right. When I love playing, you know, Mario games, but you know, in those Mario games, at the end of it, you would defeat, you would have like a boss, right? You'd defeat a boss, and oftentimes when you defeated the boss, you'd be given like another power, another superpower, to so that when you reach a boss on the next level that has that guy's same strength, you just use the superpower that you gained when you killed the old boss, and it's like super simple to kill him. You're not jumping on top of him like you do in most, you know, for, to kill him unless you're just trying to, you know, put yourself through the pain of that. And I think that when you're approached with problems or scenarios, because that's always, I mean, this perspective happens from solving problems, right? You know, but when you're approached with problems, learning, you know, learning the principles behind why that problem came in. Okay, this was maybe I did something the wrong way. What did I learn from that happening the wrong way and not having this complaining mindset, right? Or like the kind of the, oh, I'm a victim mindset, but oh, wow, that was a great opportunity to learn and level up and give me new perspective so that the next time when they, when faced with that problem again in the future, it's just easy, right? Super easy. Or you have someone else do it, right? Like, you know, uh, maybe it's even like, this is a simple one for me, but like my taxes, right? I did my taxes and like, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it myself. Like, I'm just going to get it done myself. Even though I had already learned the lesson last year that like that didn't go well, I had to send over this thing. I ended up having to pay more to this and pulling this, all this different stuff. But I was like, you know what? So I didn't learn my lesson, which was have someone else do it, right? And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it again. Like I can, I can afford to have someone else do my taxes. Did it again, and all of a sudden I get a letter in the mail. Uh, IRS needs to confirm your identity. All this stuff that my taxes were fine, but like all this stuff that, that like I could have avoided completely if I just had a tax, you know, tax person just do it. Yeah. Um, and so now, so then that basically that stops my flow, right? That's something that stops my flow. And I didn't learn my lesson that it did stop my flow, and I continue to do something that stops my flow. And now I'm spent. I was spending like five hours on the phone with the with the freaking IRS to try to solve something. I'm like, I already like, why the heck am I doing this? You know. And I'm sure you find yourself, and we we talk about this all the time, where you find yourself, you're like, why the heck am I doing this still? And that means that you just haven't learned the lesson that hey, you've already solved this. You need to have you either have someone else do it, or you need to solve it with a different perspective than you have when you first solved it. Yeah. You know, same thing happens in relationships. But I don't know if we want to get into today, but you know, with you know, that's, that's a whole nother a whole another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, uh, perspective. It is. I, I've realized I've been so fortunate in my life and my career to have people and mentors, is what I call them, in my life, who have been able to reshape reshape my perspective, mm-hmm. who have really shaken my perception of reality Mm -hmm. so they've they've taken me from oh here i am on this platform that you're talking about going up the stairs man this is it i think i think i've made it here that have absolutely blown my expectations up of what could be achieved what i'm capable Mm -hmm. of and what's out there yeah um i know that's something that's very important to you i use a different term for it masterminds i believe uh can you talk about what a mastermind group is why you find value in that yeah, and how people can get plugged into one maybe too. Yeah, it's good. You know, when we were talking earlier about like, you know, just going out in the boat and spending time, I think the original mastermind was just people that have the same core values and the same approach on life, just spending time together. 
right? So just guys spending, you know, guys or girls or, you know, your group spending time together where what you're, what you're basically sharing, you know, what's not working and sharing what's working and everybody just learns from it, right? So like you, you, you share what your wins are and your losses are. You ask for help for the losses. Hey, how do I approach this? Um, and, but the masterminds are set up on a specific date and you can go online and look up. There's thousands and thousands of masterminds. Um, but one of the masterminds I'm in, and we meet, I mean, we meet once a month. It's all business owners, um, that make, make a certain amount of revenue, right? Uh, when we meet once a month and it allows us to kind of, if someone's talking about their wins, like imagine this, like you, you get asked, people always are bringing you, Hey, here's a book, read this book, read this book versus taking the cumulative knowledge of you know, eight people that have already read, everybody's read all their different books, have had, have all had their own unique experiences and are able to give you advice and wisdom. Um, that's something that Josh has really, you know, talked to, talked to me a lot about is seeking wise counsel. I think oftentimes we kind of let things go and just try to figure things out on ourselves. Guilty. Yeah. Pretty much everything's been already figured out, you know? So it's like the, like seeking wise counsel, I think is so important. Um, and that's what the mastermind is. It's just saying, Hey, I'm not, the smartest person in the world and I know my lane, but there's things that I'm not good at, right. That I need. And so having other people around you, and it doesn't even need to be people that are in your same field or career field. Um, but people that are, cause business is business, you know, and, and, and relationships and how you treat people and how you, you know, all that stuff that, you know, even, uh, digital media and digital design, all that stuff. There's things you can learn from all different, you know, all, all these different careers and all the different things that these people are doing. So, um, the mastermind is just having a structured time. Like we talked earlier, it's just having a structured time where you're saying, Hey, I'm going to spend this next hour helping others. And then they're going to help me. So we like in the, in the call that we have, we each get 10 minutes and I'll just say, Hey, you know, this is a win that I had this week. This is a loss. And this is what I need, you know, I need help with. And then I just open it up for other people that have the same you know, core values as me, but they're also, you know, climbing the ladder or the, you know, the journey up the, up the mountain. Um, and they're able to give me advice. So that's, that's the mastermind, uh, set up. Well, I'd never, I'd never heard that term before, but I, I said it like 20 times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's cool to see. I mean, it's, it's important to have that structured, organized, intentional group there for you. Um, I want to talk about what are some of your daily disciplines that you attribute your success to? Number one, I just want to honor you for, for your great flexibility with that. I'm, I feel like my knee's about to snap right now. It's you know, I feel like he got, like, I've been doing yoga for about a year now. Yeah. And just so I can get my leg up like this and it's not, like, extremely uncomfortable. Like, it's definitely like a stretch and I'm like, this is only going to last temporarily. But I've realized that having set daily disciplines can really, really enhance uh, productivity and thus success. I want to know what mm-hmm. some of yours are that you have. Yeah, so like some real practical ones, like I always put a glass of water next to my bed before I go to go to sleep, um, and I always drink, I always have it across the room, and I have to wake up and drink that glass of water in the morning, uh, which sounds really. I thought you were gonna say it's to pour it on yeah, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, but just it's it's, it's funny because it, it starts with a glass of water, but our our brains are are um, I found that like if I can get a win, even if it's a small win, like getting up and drinking a glass of water. Now your body, your metabolism starts moving, right? And you get that win. Um, but then other, just getting other small wins, like I have kind of structured in my morning. So a few, I review my goals. I go, you know, I, I visualize for about five minutes and just kind of pray and visualize for about five to 10 minutes, nothing crazy, but just do that early in the morning. And then that's a, another win, right? Because once you get something done, your body, you, you, at least me mentally, you feel like you've gotten, you know, you feel like you've gotten a win. Um, 
and then you know then I so I I usually start my day with smaller things. Um, so it starts with a glass of water, and that's kind of the habit that I've started. Is glass of water. Um, I'll do I'll do some meditation and some prayer right then, and then usually I'll go for a walk or something like that. Um, but then right to the gym. Um, I have the ability to do that just because I've kind of structured my 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 uh, business around that, so I don't take business calls before ten o'clock. And I have my morning routine that just gets me right in the right state of mind. Um, Dave, Dave and I are uh, training for a triathlon next spring. So he mentioned swimming earlier, and we're on a pretty we're on a pretty tight training re- regime, and we're doing it kind of as a team. Yeah, but we're all trying to. I mean, within the team, we're trying to beat each other. So yeah, it, it, it gets it gets pretty intense. It's pretty intense. <laughs> it's a conversation for the day. Um, but yeah, man, yeah. So I mean, that's probably the, like my is getting up. I usually get up at about seven thirty, so like nothing crazy. Seven thirty, eight o'clock, I get up. Um, one of the things I don't do is go right into email or go right into social media, which I think a lot of us do. Is like they wake up and it's like, oh, how many likes did I get last night, or what did I do last night, or it's like that's the worst thing. Because um, I I found that oftentimes you can get on social media or get an email that kind of pisses you off, and then your first meeting of the day, you're pissed about an email that literally is irrelevant to that conversation. And really the email is irrelevant, right? Because everything, you know, every, it's just a problem that needs fixing, right? But then you go into conversations, comp- you know, completely, you know, detached from that email or that message you got or that text message or whatever it is. And you go into that, you know, whether it's a new meeting with a new client or whatever, and you have that negative attitude just because your brain saw that thing that you're not, you're trying to, you know, that negative thing and maybe an email or something. So I always set up time in the morning to be my creative time. So right at 10 o'clock when I start my meetings, the meetings that I have from 10 to one are the meetings that I know I need to have my creative brain around. Anything after one o'clock is like that. I do more process things. I don't need my creative brain around, but, um, kind of setting the stage early in the morning has been like my number one habit is setting the stage, having small wins in the morning, going to the gym, man, when you get back from the gym, you're like, man, I got that done. Excuse me. Knocked out of the way. Now I'm able to, you know, crush the rest of my day. Um, Another habit maybe is you know another habit is you know before I go to bed I'll, I'll listen to a book so instead of being on my on the blue screen all night kind of just scrolling through stuff um I have it set in my ti- my phone the timer where I, it says you know you got to go to bed in the next 30 minutes to get eight, hour, 8 hours of sleep right when that goes on I just create a habit of shutting everything down I turn on a book that I listen to and usually I'll listen to before I go to bed I'll listen to like a fiction book uh I just finished reading reading Ready Player 1 which is a great great book um, but a fiction book so that I don't kind of like, I let my body kind of slow down before falling asleep so I get good rest. So maybe the, those two things, water in the morning and, and listen to a book at night before, before bed. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned prayer and meditation. I think there's so many benefits to that. Um, but I, but tying back into what we were talking about earlier, which mm-hmm. is just being able to step back and be thoughtful about where you're going. I feel like prayer and meditation are kind of, that's what, that's, a yeah. huge benefit of it. Like you're yeah. saying when I'm praying, I'm thinking, God, thank you so much for this. I'm maybe asking him for something. And that's, yeah. it's a time where you have to be intentional about, Hey, here's what I'm struggling with. And here's, yeah. here's kind of what I'm aspiring to. So I think, I think, uh, for those of you who don't do that yet, I would highly encourage it. Start off with five minutes, 10 minutes. I mean, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an hour of your day. You can start off with small chunks, right? Yeah. And one of the things that I, I try to do, and again, Josh taught me this, but is, um, He's you know, asking God, God, what's the best you have for me today? Like, and if you don't believe in God, ask the universe or whoever you want to ask, but what's the best you, not the good, but what's the very best you have for me today? 
and because I want to make sure I do what's very best, right? right. And start there. Um, but no, I think that, and I think that people think that it needs to be like this meditation, like we're levitating in the corner of the room. It's like, no, just sit down, make sure you're not sleeping and just visualize, pray, meditate, ask God what the best he has for you that day. Um, yeah, it's definitely very important because then you're, you're allowing yourself to kind of stop, get this higher level, higher levels perspective on, you know, what needs to happen. I want to move to some questions from the fans. All right. Um, Clark Alar, sorry, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how to say that person's name. Um, asks, "Hey Clark, that at the beginning of your career with social media, is it difficult to explain to people what it is that you do? Like, how how do you explain to people what is it that you do? I mean, social media is such a new industry yeah. that a lot of people, my family, my close family included, no matter how many times I try to tell them and explain them, they just don't know how we make money." Yeah, I think you know it's funny when you saw that when when the, when Mark Zuckerberg did the interview in Congress, they were like, "How do you make money on Facebook?" He's like, "Facebook ads, Your Honor." Like we have, <laughs> it is it is crazy. But we do have a unique, you know, we it, social media and Facebook and all these things are so new and happen so fast. Mm-hmm. These things didn't exist like ever. The amount of our ability to connect with people uh, didn't exist like it does now. You know, ten years ago, even you know, people weren't connecting like they are now. So, you know, I. Uh, it is interesting um, when you kind of bring it to the family because even when I, you know, I meet with my dad regularly and he's like – sometimes I wonder. He's like, does he think that I'm just like twiddling my thumbs at home like, like, and just like money's showing up? You know, There's a, um, lot, of, there's a lot of thumb twiddling. There is some th- thumb twiddling, <laughs> it, it, well-planned thumb t- twiddling. Um, no, I think social media is the number one platform to, to be able to reach people and to connect with people. Um, and uh, you know, what, what I do is I just make it you – know, I, I design – you know, a way for brands to be able to get that, you know, get that message out to people and then also monetize and, and make money off their, you know, their brands that can really make a career out of, you know, being online. So, um, I mean, if you look at some of the sales, like overall sales were revenue, like, um, people spend their money right now. And you look at the th- places like Amazon and Google and online markets, it's skyrocketed. Just think about how much less you use cash, When's the last like? Never. When's the last time you like ordered and a wire? You went to the store to buy a wire. It's like no, you go on Amazon.com. Like we went on Amazon to get the auxiliary cable that we needed. Like they didn't I, even I have lost, it. I lost a bet know? to Dave yesterday, and I had to pay him. I yep. paid him with Venmo, not cash. Exactly. I, mean, I, I never use cash. Yep. Ven. I mean, Venmo makes bets a lot easier because people are like, oh, you don't. Have oh, great. Just Venmo. <laughs> maybe a thousand bucks. I just, just maybe like, maybe that's a downside. Um, Jin Dom wants to know about the struggles of not having regular hours. I think there is a lot of security in, yeah, I work in nine to five and it's like, okay, these are my set hours that I'm going to work today. Yeah. What is it like not having those structured yeah, hours? Two things, two things. Number one is that the biggest thing, the number one thing I ran into when I started working remote and not in an office was you get really lonely. Like you don't have that water cooler conversation like people just to chat with for sure so one of the things that i was saying before was but i intentionally schedule time with people throughout the week just to talk to them for an hour so like i got about six people right now like friends mentors right now that i meet with once a week for at least an hour josh is one of them we chat it for at least one or two hours just to connect like and get out of like your head of this project it's just like when you're do- just like anything when you just need to take a break from something um that's what that water cooler conversation made my ba- brain's fried I need to talk to connect with someone. So, you know, having those people set up intentionally, this is a time that we meet every week. Um, the second thing is for, 
you know, what I do is, is if you can create that kind of space, like you would walk into your, you walk into your office when you had that nine to five and you walk into the office, that's like work starting now. Right. So setting something, whether it's a room in your house that you say, when I go into this room, when I step foot in this room, work gets done. Right. And you don't have anything else that happens in that room. So you don't play games. You don't have video, whatever it is like, no, this is the room where I get work done. Um, or it's a coffee shop. So you say, Hey, whenever I get to this coffee shop is when I'm going to work. I'm going to work till this time. And then I'm going to leave, you know, but having, creating, um, parameters kind of in your environment so that, you know, even if you have a, if you have kids or if you have a spouse, cause sometimes even with a spouse, when you're working from home, it's like, you're not really working, honey. Like you're upstairs just sitting on your computer, like come help me. And then you're like, you lose your focus, you lose your flow. So if that's something for you that maybe it's finding another space or an outside location, usually you can find, you know, Franklin, our, our buddy Franklin, he got another apartment just down the street from his house. He has an apartment that that's what he works out of, you know, out of an apartment, um, which I think is a great idea as well. Um, but having so kind it's of like a, a priming tool almost like, yeah, you just so need a different space. Just, like, dude, it's like, we have the gym at the house. We never use the gym. Like you don't like a lot of people have gyms at their houses. Like they still go to the Y. Like you just, there's something is to be said about going to a place to do a specific task and then coming home. Cause home for many can be a place of rest and relaxation. So starting yeah. to get your, trying to get your flow going. The best thing for me is I just go to, I go to that, the Noel hotel and they have a nice, uh, you know, coffee shop in there and a great place to sit down and get work done. Better watch and out, so, man. You're about to get swarmed there now after. Yeah. After New Orleans. Uh, all right. Last question. And that, I think this is perfect for you. Uh, LJ Reedy asks, um, how does she get her business to people? She sells essential oils, but she needs, um, her social media to help. So, yeah. So is it selling essential oils to get other people to sell essential oils or is it selling essential oils just to the general public? She sells direct to consumer. Direct to consumer. Hmm. There's so go ahead. No, you got it. No. So I think, um, you know, so with, with essential oils and for, for anything like that, that's, that's that, um, service that you, they can only really buy from you. Right. Is, you know, whenever you start doing, you know, whether it's a multi-level marketing program or something that where you make, you're selling any, anything that you're selling a product to other people, right? If you, whenever you start, you always sell to your direct family members, right? Because they already know you and trust you, right? So it's like, oh, I have this product. Your friends and family are going to be the first to buy because they know you wouldn't steer them wrong, right? So they're going to be the first to buy. Um, your next goal is to have everybody else that in your environment or in your reach, whether it's on social media, your email list or um, on your Facebook, um, is for them to know and trust you, right? And so building understanding and trust is so important in today's social media because right now, like just think about it. Everybody's sitting on their phone scrolling. You probably scrolled and you saw this video, right? You're probably either on Instagram or you're scrolling on Facebook and you saw this video. So the key is uh, on these different platforms is to build understanding and trust because just think about everybody's scrolling, right? And there's millions and millions of different faces and all uh, that they're looking at and people are talking or doing skits or whatever they're doing. And people are just looking for authenticity, right? That's what people are looking for. They're looking for authenticity. So if you can be authentic about it and, and not have this kind of overly sales perspective of every single day, I'm going to post a testimonial of someone that used this product and got great results or every day I'm going to post how you need to have this. No, just educate people on the benefits of essential oils, the benefits of um, supplementation, the benefits, the benefits of, you know, using these different things for your health. Maybe you, maybe you're going you do a little video on how to apply it or something like that, but don't have it all centered around your product sale. Cause that's step three in the process. Step one is build an understanding who you are. Do you know what you're talking about? Yeah. Right. Step two is do I, can I trust you? Right. And can, and can I trust myself that if I buy those oils, I'm actually going to use it. So that's the second step. 
And step three is now that I have those two things, I know, understand you and trust you, I'm willing to buy from you. But the, those things will happen easily with your friends and family because they already understand and trust you. With new people online on social media, it's very important to make sure that you spend time building understanding and trust through your posts and through your lives and through your responding to all the, all the comments that you get and just adding value to them first. That's great. So that's what I do. That's great. Uh, last question, Dave. This one's from me. I'm curious if you had to get one phrase tattooed on your forehead, you were forced to get a tattoo on your forehead. What would you tattoo? Man, when you asked me this before, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. I think if I had to have something, cause at first I was like, man, it's like to get like a little cross or maybe get some tears like Lil Wayne has <laughs> or like, or like that little like scar through my head. I am a little Wayne. Fan, I think it depends on the size of the tattoo, but I think I would have, um, I'd probably have some sort of scripture written on my head. You know, I have my, you know, my thing on top. Ta- I mean, I'm, I, I think that tattoos are great, but I, I don't know. If I'll ever get a forehead tattoo, but I think yeah, I think I probably get you like never, a you never know scripture man. verse. Yeah, it's a crazy guess, life. Yeah, I guess if we get get that, that hangover story, maybe get like a. Uh, yeah. You have any last takeaways, uh, calls to actions, or suggestions for the audience? You know, um, no, it's great. I mean, it's a great uh, love love chatting with you. Um, I think just like I said, my, my uh, point I just made, but simplicity adds focus. So I think when you can make your life a little bit more simple, and there's op- and you have opportunities to make things a little bit more simple, to have kind of that higher level view on things and s- stop this kind of hustling and grinding work hard, but don't, you know, it, it's not this yeah. nose to the grind and never end. Um, and just create simplicity in your life. Cause that'll add a lot of focus and you'll be able to focus on things that matter, gain new perspective, continue to move higher up the ladder and not just in, um, not just in your financial or in your business, but spiritually in your professional in your, you know, your personal life and with, you know, in your relationship. So love that. Dave, appreciate you joining us today. Look forward to hanging out with you more, man. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys, it's Andrew, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Redirected. If you find this podcast valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you happen to listen from. You can share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. Also, head over to andrewdes.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you. And while you're at my site, be sure to sign up for my newsletter so you can get updates on other fun stuff going on. Also, you guys know I love connecting with you, so if you want to reach out to me directly on Instagram or Twitter, my handle is at andrewdeast. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next time on Redirected. Uh-huh.